Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder. It's where I speak to artists about all the jobs they used to do and all the jobs they do now. And a lot of that time becoming a full-time artist, that workload on your plate, on their plate gets bigger and bigger because I don't think people have assistance in the way they used to. It's not that kind of world in the music industry now. And that's what I'm interested in, getting those personal stories of not only their achievements and everything they've worked towards, but what that really means on a day-to-day level. Uh, Right now it's Christmas. 
It's 28th of December. It's the early afternoon. I've drank too much coffee. No other time in the year that you wake up knowing, not knowing, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or tea. And you haven't had another cheese since earlier this afternoon. I'm freaking out. My, my girlfriend's gone away back to Germany. In the last six hours, I've become a crypto bro. Who knows what's going on? I want to do these holiday reruns, not just because the music bears is virtually non-existent during Christmas time, um, but it's because I'm scared that people will forget about this show. <laughs> and the 300 episodes plus that I've done, there are guests that I'm aware that some of you haven't heard. Maybe you picked up on the show last week, maybe a few months ago, but there's episodes from years ago that I'm really proud of, not in a arrogant sense, but more in a way that, damn, I feel lucky that I got to speak with them and get some stories that I'd never heard before. Moments that made me feel something. Kevin Morby has a delightful and at times tragic story. He moved to Brooklyn at an early age. I think he was 16, 17, straight after school, he bailed and moved to Brooklyn without really a plan and met a crew of friends, music fans, party people. And as people came and went, including one of his close friends who he shared a bed with when he needed to. Kevin was also a member of Woods and the Babies before finding a solo voice, uh, moving to LA to pursue music under his own name and becoming the person that lots of us know about today. Now is a really ama amazing time for music in the way that we find out about someone like Kevin Morby and then with everything at our fingertips, we can search back to Woods and to the Babies. Got Old by the Babies is one of my favorite tracks. This is one of my top 10 of all time. Morby's latest record, this is a photograph, came out earlier this year. There's also a bumper edition called More Photographs, a continuum that came out in May. He's such a fantastic songwriter, kind of to chart his story, to chart his voice throughout his records. This is a photograph, is the latest full body thing that we got from him and it's just such a tectonic, overwhelming wash of feeling. I feel like when you listen to his records, it's not you're not really listening to the chords or the even the lyrics, you're tuning into the energy, to the feeling. That, that he has so and that's a that's a special thing if you want to hear this full episode this is just a 10-15 minute snippet one of my favorite moments from the full episode if you do want to hear the full chat you can go back to 2020 and dig back maybe it's easier to google search kevin Morby 101 part-time jobs but this is a pretty good section of it and i hope you enjoy it shout out to our sponsors 2000 trees festival happening in cheltenham just a few hours away from london on the train here in the uk gaslight anthem is headlining manchester orchestra's playing better lovers gouge away teenage wrist the mysterines hot mulligan boston manor and that's all just the first lineup the gaslight anthem are headlining the thursday we don't know the headliners for the friday and the saturday yet there's also a wednesday 2000 trees is a wonderful independent festival all the vendors are independent you know you're not going to be buying some some bad beer and some bad food it, 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 all these places you know the whole experience is a nice feeling if you want to get your ticket prices are about to go up on the 1st of january 30 percent off your ticket if you buy between now and then from 2000trees.co.uk Okay, before we get into this chat, I've got Rebecca from Eka and also Ampolo here. Ampolo is the first all-in-one app connecting a global community of musicians to practice, record and collaborate. And there's some new features coming on there, aren't there, Rebecca? You can start making money as an artist. 
other artists can remix your songs. What's going on over there? So we've heard people say before that the magic of the app is the fact that you're able to upload any music remove your instrument and play along so you feel part of the song. I mean, there's really no feeling like it when you're playing with one of your favorite songs and you feel like you're part of that band. We have revolutionary tools, which allow you to layer your audio and video recordings to share and collaborate with others in your own real-time project. And that's all thanks to our AI music separation. All right, and Polo, download it now. Right, cheers for bearing with. Here is a snippet, a good section of my chat with Kevin Morby from 2020 here on 101 Part-Time Jobs. 101 Part-Time Jobs. So when you moved from, from Brooklyn to LA, you're working sort of cafe jobs. I've written about, I've sorry, I've read about in Brooklyn and some cycling jobs, is that right? Yeah, yeah. The biggest, most steady job I had was doing bike delivery for about five years. And then around that, I had a bunch of other jobs. Like I was babysitting for this family who I'm still very close with and um, doing a lot of odd jobs at the time. Um, Craigslist was like a big thing. And yeah. I had a couple of friends who had uh, trucks and we would, you know, th- they had the sort of um, businesses of, of, you know, just being Craigslist moving guys. And so I would do that with them every once in a while. Those are probably like the most hilarious stories of just failure, of just, you know, someone trying to save a few dollars by not hiring a real moving company and then getting us in there and just us breaking shit and losing stuff. Like so horrible, those poor people. But, um, (laughs) but then, then I worked as like a, yeah, at a cafe was my last real job. Um, outside of being a musician but yeah uh, when i think about like what i did before music it's it's bike delivery is is like the most steady sturdy thing did you sort of acclimatize did you kind of um uh, what's the word i'm looking for uh like subscribe to that kind of um bike messenger lifestyle i i mean i know a few people in london and there's very much like a lifestyle Mm -hmm that they have not at all actually it's funny because in in brooklyn you know where i was doing it at there's like two types of bike messengers there's like the the diehard people that i think you're talking about who had like fixed gear bikes that were really nice and like they would deliver for like yeah yeah exactly exactly and they'd have like eight different you know restaurants that they're working for at any given moment and um they're really good at it and took it really seriously and they like kind of like how i am with music you know like any money they made on it they put it back into like their biking gear or their bike or you know they just it was a lifestyle i guess and then there was people like me and um there's a lot of people like me and i guess we were just actually musicians looking to make money in between tours it's kind of like the most dependable job as a musician and um uh, yeah, just people, we had like the shittiest bikes we had, you know, like you'd see people out like in the winter doing bike delivery, um, who took it seriously and they'd have like heat tech gear and they looked cool and like water resistant stuff. And then there's people like me who would just like layer up with like hoodies and like, you know, like just, just clothes that would get soaked and like, you know, uh, like, like, uh, dollar store gloves, you know, and, and just, we, we looked like little kids out there on bicycles and yeah, our bikes were kind of like the shittiest things that we could you know like hundred dollar bikes that we could just run into the ground all my bikes that i, I would like, use them for like two years and then they would just like die and i would just like leave them on the sidewalk and just buy a new one you know and not to be um, a bummer i mean it's kind of it's i love that aspect it's it's you know i'm sure you got some funny stories from that but it's pretty dangerous right it's so dangerous you know it's so funny when i go back to new york now i have so much respect and since since you know like for five years i was delivering food so that's I've a always, long time five years is a long time 
it's a long time and that was always in between tours and stuff and you know so i'd go on tour and again a lot of those tours i'd come back having lost money so i would be like i have to work as much as possible you know like i would be on the road be like i'm gonna be back in a day can i work every day this week and so you know i would get home and just jump right back into it um but since then, I, you know, no matter what, if it's a pizza delivery coming in a car or someone walking or someone, you know, riding the bike, I have so much, uh, you know, I, I tip my, my delivery people so much ever since that part of my life. Um, but it's so dangerous. And when I go back to New York now and I, it's the winter, I see people out, you know, it'll be like freezing rain or snow. And that's the busy, that, those are the busiest times to be a delivery person. And I lived that for like five different years. And like, that's where you make most of your money, but it is fucking crazy. It is yeah. so like to just, you know, have to take out like whatever, like 15 orders out into like literally blizzards. And you're like, here I go. And it's, you're risking your life. It's so dangerous. You're on like, and the thing about being a bike delivery person is everyone hates you, you know, like <laughs> from other, from cars to the other bike uh, messengers who actually take their job seriously. And then the, the waiter doesn't like you cause you're kind of in their way as you're like packing orders. The kitchen doesn't like you because they have to make your order like as quick as possible. People in the restaurant don't really like you. Pedestrians don't really like you it's like everyone hates you and also you're making like the least amount of money out of anyone in the process <laughs> and you know and then people you get especially in the winter like what i'm talking about or like in rainstorms you get to people and they're mad that their food is cold and it's just it's this very thankless job but a job i was very fortunate to have because it's i don't know any other job really that would have allowed me to go on tour as often as i was and still allowed me to make money when i'd come back and that must have kind of shaped your identity i mean if you didn't have like you know thick tough hands and a thick tough attitude before that that must have given you that yeah i guess so in a way i mean and I was pretty young at the time, so I was just down for any sort of adventure, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, you know, these are times where I'd be out on the road and, I, you know, we we're crashing on floors and I would just, like, smoke a pack of cigarettes a day and get as drunk as possible every night. Like, mm. I was just, you know, partying in every aspect of my life and showing up to work, hungover and delivering people fried chicken on <laughs> my bike all day long. And so... Yeah, like I, I guess that's the thing is now being 32 and when I do go back to New York and I see you know someone delivering food in the snow I'm like I don't I literally don't think I could physically do it now I don't think I'm strong enough I think I've gotten weaker I just think that there's this time in my life where I was young and crazy enough to do it I guess but it it is actually indeed very dangerous it's, it's very dangerous to like bike around that constantly and like holding these bags of food in one hand so you're only steering with another it was completely ridiculous and you know some of the people you deliver to would be crazy or you know you'd like deliver to an orgy or there's always some weird thing going on did you actually make delivery to an orgy I think I did you remember snuggies you remember the like I, I just delivered to a bunch of people who were wearing Snuggies and it's something sexual was in the air. And so I think maybe the orgy had ended recently and I, I, I was giving them their food. It was like a big order of food. I was never involved in any. There was, there was you know, to be honest, there was nothing, anything, like, there was never anything too crazy. I got shot up with like a paintball gun once. Um, wow. There was a thing called like Devil's Night the night before Halloween in New York. Um, hit by a lot of like eggs, you know, like kids love to throw eggs at, <laughs> at people. Just shit like that. Just like stuff that, again, I was young and crazy enough that like when I got shot by a paintball gun, I was just kind of like, ah, that's funny. You know, like it's <laughs> something I would do. Um, Did you take that lifestyle on with you to, to L.A.? Were you still that kind of personality in L.A.? Well, no, you know, and eventually I did give up. It became too much for me to do the bike delivery. I was maybe 24 
23 when I when I quit it and I remember the last shift that I worked um, was during like this crazy storm like a hurricane like a pre-hurricane sort of storm season like there's a, some huge storm and I I put in my notice I knew it was going to be my last time working but it was kind of like a valiant way to go out I was like you know what I'm going to do like the best I can for this last shift um, that's through this crazy rainstorm and so I uh, I just, I, uh, yeah, I went out in a, a blaze of glory. Um, but then I started working in this cafe that my friend Johnny owned, um, in midtown Manhattan. So it was like a little bit of a commute for me and that was, it was totally like nice job. And I was like really thankful to, to have it for, from him. But that is really where I started to like prioritize music. And I started to look at my life like, okay, you know what? Like I really want to do whatever it takes to just make music my main thing. And how do, how do I put that into action? And then that's when I moved to LA. And so LA, I sort of had a clearer perspective. Like, you know, when I was 22, 23 doing bike delivery, I was like, well, you know, my life is just I play in bands and I deliver food and I party. But at that point, when I was like 24, I was thinking like, you know what? I want to be a musician. I want to take this very seriously and really do this thing. And so I I definitely went to L.A. in a different headspace. It makes me I mean, I always I find when speaking to people who who make records for for a living or, or more or less, I find that period of time so fascinating, that period of time when you're like, no, actually, I'm going to try and do this you know because i imagine you don't want to say out loud that you you know you don't really want to tell your friends right. or family necessarily you know i had a very cheesy cinematic moment and it's very cheesy but it i actually did it where i, w- I looked myself in the mirror on a break at this cafe where I, w- I went into the bathroom for my break and i was just like exhausted like i'd open the cafe that day or something and i was just you know and a lot of this stuff i'm doing it like the night after like playing shows or you know i'm just sort of just living this exhausting lifestyle going on tour which is in and of itself very tiring and then coming back home and having to like jump straight into work and i remember looking myself in the mirror and being like i can do this like if i quit this job and i go to a cheaper city and i just throw all myself into music i think i can do this and i have to do it i have to try and so i had that moment um and then I kind of like made my plans for how I was going to move to California and I was going to quit working in this cafe. And I, on my last day working, I took it as a good omen. I'm a big fan of The Wire. Do you know what? I've never watched The Wire. Uh, Michael K. Williams, who uh, plays Omar Little, um, who's one of my favorite actors and that's one of my favorite characters of all time. He, um, he came in on my last day and I took it as a good omen. And I don't know why. I don't even necessarily really know his story. At this point, I'm a huge fan of The Wire and he came in and it was like during this like lunchtime rush and it was like a line out the door and I was working the register. The other thing is I don't drink coffee and I know nothing about it. I don't know how to make it. I've never really drank coffee and I only had this job because my good friend Johnny gave it to me and he was the manager. Um, I called him the owner earlier. He's the manager. Um, but without Johnny, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, had a job there. And so I could only really work the register, you know, I was like a non-coffee drinker guy working at a cafe, like a really popular cafe too. <laughs> so I had this line out the door and then he came in and I, for some reason it just sent me off. Um, very optimistic, you know, he came yeah. in and I, I, he was with his agent and his agent was kind of doing the like, conducting the, the, you know, the payment and the transaction. And, I saw him next to him and you know sort of celebrity style he had like a hat sort of over his eyes and he he, looks like they had just gone shopping he had like two bags like a bag in each hand and um he obviously didn't want to be noticed or 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 you know he was trying to like conceal his identity and so but I saw that it was him and I was talking to his agent and I just had this moment of like you know it's my last day 
um you know if this goes wrong who cares and so you know i was like excuse me i just want to say i'm a huge fan of all your work and he kind of like looked up from like underneath his like yankee ball cap and he was like uh he he had this like he he goes oh yeah and i was like yeah i I really am and then he he put down both his bags and then there's like this big pastry counter that was separating us and he like shook my hand over it and it was a really cool moment and then i I, for some reason i was like this is a good omen this is i gotta i gotta follow my dreams i think if you see something like that you gotta you gotta make yourself feel good about that yeah it's always a gut feeling for me and celebrities like i so there's times where i see celebrities out and i'm like actually there's one time i was at the jfk at the airport and i saw um I forget. I always forget his name uh, in real life, but his his he plays McNulty in The Wire. <laughs> I was gonna say hi to him, but I was like, ah, something just tell me not. He looks tired, and his kids look tired. Like I'm just gonna not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was that was that was a, a nice moment. So there he was, Kevin Morby, back in 2020. Loved hearing those stories. The things that have stuck with me from that are, well, Omar from The Wire. I finally got around to watching The Wire. And, and obviously, Omar is a force of nature. Seeing him come into the coffee shop you're working in would, would, would give you... And uh, celebrity, being around celebrity gives you that kind of feeling, doesn't it? It's kind of thing, well, they're not superhuman. You know, they are human. And we're fans of music and tv and film and we put those play put those people on such a pedestal that i think there's something really magical when you see them out and about and see them as people and in kevin morby's case he took something away from that to build on which is amazing great to hear that story thank you so much for listening as always uh, if you want to hear the full episode of that you can go back to 2020 it's probably easier to google search kevin morby 101 part-time jobs i'll be back with a regular routine of two episodes a week from the second week of january uh, we've got episodes with martin from real estate and and max from garden center here in london subscribe to make sure you get all of those when they come out leave a rating or a review if you're able to much appreciated see you soon everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.